When it comes to dairy farming in the Nordic countries, we're always talking about the NTM, the Nordic Total Merit Index. But what makes the NTM one of the most progressive breeding value systems in the world? How can using the index boost the health and profit of your dairy herd? To explain the NTM in a simple and practical way, we've invited two experts to join us today. Kai Abrahamsen, Chief Veterinarian at Viking Genetics, and Hannah Dreskel, Product Manager for Viking Holstein at Viking Genetics. This is the Breedcast produced by Viking Genetics. I'm your host, Hilke Biesma. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Hilke. Kai, you've been here before. It's good to have you uh, back with us. So today we'll be talking about the NTM, or the Nordic Total Merit Index. It includes um, all the financial, economical, uh, important traits for the breeds that we have. So it's the Viking Red, it's the Holstein, and the Jersey in Denmark, Sweden, and Finland. Kai, overall, what are the important traits in the NTM? From a veterinary perspective, it is uh, the health trait. It is uh, other health, it's hoof health, it's uh, young uh, animal survival, uh, but it uh, might be some other for, for the breeding uh, part, as Hannah is covering. Hannah, what, what, from your perspective, are the most important things? Uh, of course, I agree that the health traits are very important, but also the uh, production traits and, of course, the confirmation traits uh, as well. So we have a lot of, of uh, different sub-indices combined into 15 uh, main traits, and all of them are important, but uh, uh, maybe it is different for our different breeds. Yeah, because all of these different traits, they're weighted in uh, differently. Tell us about that, Hannah. The health traits uh, have the highest weight in total in the NTM, approximately 45% of the total index. And uh, the production and efficiency traits uh, uh, have 40% weight, and then the confirmation traits around 15% weight in NTM. So it is mainly its health and uh, and production. Yes. Because that's what benefits uh, financially. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So... A lot of data is collected. Kai, how is how is the data collected in our countries? All the data is collected in, in one uh, database. So there's uh, coming uh, data from the farmer, all his registration in the farm. It's uh, milk yeast, it's uh, easy calving. It's uh, also coming from the veterinarian where the treatments are coming in. If it's the veterinarian that are doing them, there's coming data from the hoof trimmer, data from Slaughterhouse. So we get uh, all the data from uh, different sources, and in that way we have uh, the possibility to, to put them together and uh, use them in doing the, the breeding values. How is that different from other countries? I think the main difference is that uh, it is uh, almost all data that is going in from the whole country. It's not from some... Uh, nucleus herds or for uh, specific uh, chosen farms that has uh, good or bad health. This is all over the all the different types of farms, size of farms, and also in the three different countries uh, in the the Nordic uh, total merit. So we've we've been collecting that data for a lot of years. Um, how how long? How far does this go back? I think uh, within the Nordic countries, we've been exceptionally good in um, collecting data. How long have we been doing this, Hannah? 
uh, a little bit more than 50 years. And uh, uh, I heard that the Swedish uh, milking uh, record system celebrates 125 years this year. So, so a few trades have been recorded for much longer than 50 years as well. We have a question from uh, one of our listeners today, uh, Jesper from Denmark. He asks, what is it that makes NTM uh, the balanced breeding goal? Uh, we have uh, a few traits in the NTM that has an uh, unfavorable correlation, but we have balanced the uh, uh, breeding goal, so it is possible to make uh, genetic progress in both. For example, uh, other health and fertility and longevity has a uh, negative correlation to uh, uh, yield, but uh, we have balanced the NTM, so you could make genetic progress in both. What What's your take on those uh, things, um, Kai, in terms of uh, from a veterinarian point of view with the, the unfavorable correlations uh, and the health you always have to to balance the indexes. Uh, you cannot have it all. You cannot have a, a high uh, yielding cow uh, with no problems. Uh, there is a balance uh, what the capacity of the cow and uh, how we are trying to to get the, the best out of her. Uh, so as long as we can uh, have a, a high production uh, without uh, uh, harming the animal uh, welfare, then it's uh, very important to to go for these trades. Kai, you mentioned the uh, the amount of participation of our farmers in the Nordic countries that participate with registrations um, to one central database. We're talking a lot about uh, that data is king, uh, big data. Um, Hannah, how is big data, how is this data beneficial for the farmers? The more uh, data and registrations that we have that we can base our calculations on, uh, the higher reliability we can have in our indices. So more information is uh, is uh, beneficial for the future generation of, of cows. And that all goes into the uh, NTM, of course. Um, you also mentioned, uh, Hannah, that some breeds are that might be a little different. What makes the, the, the different traits uh, in different breeds different in the NTM? They have... Uh, different strengths and different weaknesses and they have different things that needs to be improved within the breeds. So for example Holstein which are by breed very good in production they need to uh, have a little bit higher weight on reproduction and health traits uh, instead and uh, for the reds uh, it is a little bit opposite. They have uh, a very good health for example and Viking jerseys have very good fertility and uh, and calving traits. So for the reds and the jerseys, it's more uh, weight on the production instead. Now that we understand better what the NTM is, let's dive into some of the specifics of health and uh, performance. Like you mentioned, Hannah, the uh, Nordic farmers have been making all of these registrations since the 80s. Um, and breeding towards cows that are healthier um, and perform better in the dairy herds. How do the Nordic farmers look at these different health traits um, compared to maybe in other countries, Hannah? What's your experience on that? Uh, in my opinion, the health traits are very important for the Nordic farmers uh, because it is of economic importance to have a 
a healthy cow in, in your barn. Uh, maybe one of the reasons why the health traits are so important in the Nordic countries, uh, maybe it is because our strict uh, regulations when it comes to treatments of animals, for example. So you would like to have a high genetic level for health traits in your herd uh, from the beginning to avoid uh, diseases. Kai, what's your veterinarian take on on the cost of treating animals and, and the importance of that to breed for a healthier cow? It is a, of a very high economic uh, cost to to treat uh, in, in the Nordic countries because uh, most of the treatment is done by veterinarians. So there's a direct cost, but there's also a, a much higher indirect cost by uh, where you have milk withdrawal because of antibiotic, you have uh, lower uh, milk yield in the next lactation, you risk that uh, you have abortion, you have... Um, the metabolic uh, diseases that uh, is of uh, very, very high uh, impact on, on your economic uh, output from the individual uh, uh, cow and also for the, the whole herd in, in that respect. And we talk a lot about um, udder health and uh, mastitis resistance, somatic cell counts. Kai, can you explain to us what, what is the difference between those things? Yeah, the other health is uh, a combined index where uh, we, we look at the free uh, lactation from the, the cows, how, how many uh, mastitis uh, cases has there been, and for the same for, for the somatic uh, cell count, it's also into the other health. So if we look at the, the, the mastitis, it's a, an inflammation and uh, often it requires antibiotic. We don't like to use that uh, much antibiotic because we are looking into a growing resistance in uh, two uh, antibiotics and it uh, causes also problems in, in humans. So reduction is, is needed also in the future. Um, the somatic uh, cell count often is a, a reaction on a mastitis where we have the, the blood uh, white blood cell in, in the the milk and it's a reaction showing that uh, something is going on uh, on an inflammation level. Uh, and it, it will reduce uh, the next uh, uh, lactation or the milk yield in the next lactations. Uh, it is also um, giving the cow pain when uh, uh, you have a, a mastitis. It uh, requires uh, extra treatment. So so there's a lot of uh, both direct and indirect uh, cause and animal welfare in in lowering the number of uh, uh, status and uh, having a better other health in general. Another thing that's um, that we include in the NTM uh, and is very important is the hoof health. Hannah, the we we get real life data uh, out there. So in commercial herds. Um, hoof health is recorded. Yes. Tell us how that works. The hoof health uh, data is recorded by uh, hoof trimmers and they uh, make one uh, uh, mark for, for every hoof. So we have uh, four registrations per cow and uh, they also register if there is no problems with the hoof. So we get uh, registrations for both uh, healthy cows and uh, cows with different uh, types of problems, uh, both mild uh, hoof diseases and severe diseases. And what, Kai, what's the impact on a for for a cow with a hoof disorder? 
it, it is uh, uh, related to, to pain. Uh, that's the first one. And when a cow has pain, it doesn't move around as much. It doesn't eat enough. It's resting more. It, it has all, all the the a bad impact on, on having a high uh, milk yield, it often uh, leads to metabolic diseases because of the, the impact, uh, the, the intake of uh, uh, calories uh, too low. If you have an uh, automatic milking system, uh, she is uh, not so willing to go to the, the, the automatic milker, and uh, in that way she will also uh, lose milk. One of the um, other things that I'd like to to cover is the general health. It's a, a general thing. Couldn't we just say that um, we'll, we're just breeding for one index called general health? Kai, what do you think about that? That would be nice. Uh, but it, like all the other traits, uh, there, there's not uh, a single uh, bull that has uh, fairly high on all traits. So, so it's always a compromise. Uh, so you can... Go for for health, but uh, you have to to choose uh, three or four uh, general uh, traits that you are going for in your herd, and then you can go more specific on on the individual cow uh, with a, a mating plan, uh, suggesting three different uh, bulls, so so we can improve both on herd level and on on individual level. But we do have an index, Hannah, that's called general health. Mm-hmm. What what covers that then? It is. Uh Metabolic diseases, uh, reproductive diseases, and also feet and leg diseases. And uh, we make the calculations uh, from uh, registrations from veterinarians. Okay, so every time a veterinarian comes in and does a registration on some of these things, then that goes into that index. Yeah. So to summarize, what is the relationship between health and profitability? Kaya, what what's your veterinarian take on that? You can have the, a cow with the very high uh, indexes, but if if she is uh, sick or lame, uh, she is not able to, to perform, even she has the potential. So in that way, if if the cow is not uh, in in the best shape, uh, she will not perform uh, in in the way that we expect, and. It will have the impact here and now, but it will also have the impact on on her ability to give her genes to the next generation. Because if she, she's not getting into to heat or or getting pregnant, you can have the best cow in the world, but uh, with no offspring, it's it's a, a short term solution. Uh, she will die uh, in 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 a few years. So you lose a, a lot of uh, genetic progress uh, if you have a, a high. Um, incidence of uh, disease in your your farm. Hannah, any comments to that? Um, a healthy cow can live uh, for a longer time and be more efficient and have a longer productive life. So it is uh, uh, profitable for the farmers to have uh, healthy cows that, that can perform their best for for as long time as possible. And there's an ethical aspect in mm. this as well, isn't there, Kai? Mm. Yes, of course. Um, we, we, we have to to look at the animal welfare every time we are uh, doing something, uh, they are in in our uh, hands, and uh, we should take care of them in in the best way. It's not only uh, by how we are feeding them; it's also about how we are housing them, how we are um, 
handling if they are going to to slaughter. Uh, so we have the responsibility from from the the birth to to we have uh, slaughtered them in the end. Uh, so that's, that's a huge responsibility, and, and you cannot just put it on on the farmer. You also have as a, a breeding company a, a responsibility in this respect. Thank you both for um, helping us so far. Um, we have a few more questions and um, towards uh, health traits and the benefits uh, from uh, of farmers doing so. One question is, how can farmers make the most out of their healthy cows through genomic testing, Hannah, and uh, and by select you know selection and genomic testing? Mm. If you're uh, if you uh, do a genomic selection and your goal is to improve the health traits, uh, that's the, your main focus. Then you should uh, use uh, the information from the genomic tests and choose the uh, the cows and heifers with the highest numbers on those traits, and then uh, uh, inseminate them with uh, bulls with very high uh, levels on on their uh, health uh, indices as well. Uh, and then you, in the next generation, uh, will will have uh, um, heifers with very high genetic potential for the the health traits. And you could also do the opposite if you find animals with with lower uh, indices on health traits. Uh, you can inseminate them with beef instead to not have uh, uh, heifers in the next generation with low values. So what if the farmer says, uh, okay, um, I'm looking for uh, an improved hoof health. Um, should one just go solely for improving hoof health or is it better to use the NTM? Let's say that uh, uh, you can choose between two bulls. One bull is uh, high NTM, uh, higher than the other, but the one that's that's lower has the higher hoof health. Which one should one choose, Hannah? Maybe you should b- choose uh, both of them and use both of them in your herd. Because if you take the bull with the highest NTM or very high NTM, you will make progress in all health traits because they have a very high correlation to the NTM. Uh, and then the, the the other bull with a very good NTM and high uh, indices for hoof health will also uh, help you in your herd. So I would do probably uh, a mix of both, I think. So you'd, but if you if you're pushed to choose, Hannah, if you let's say should should you go for the single traits or the NTM? The NTM. Why? Uh, because uh, if you choose uh, to go for NTM, you will make progress, uh, high progress in the health traits, and you have a little bit of everything else at the same time. So in the end, uh, you will. Uh, improve both the health, the production, and the confirmation of your cows. Kai, if um, let's say you're a farmer in another country outside of uh, our countries, um, what are your thoughts on on the NTM there? Would it fit one on one, or how do you see that? It, it, the NTM is is uh, based on data from the the Nordics, so of course it, it fits one to one to the Nordic countries. But if you are going to to other countries with a very different condition, like when we was talking about uh, um, the cows in in Australia that is living 
having more extensive uh, way of feeding uh, more out, uh, more heat, uh, then you you need to adapt it to where you are. Uh, it would be wrong to to take a, a high-yielding uh, Holstein to uh, an area where um, where you don't uh, can get enough uh, food uh, for for the cow. Then you have a uh, a Ferrari, but you have a, a gravel road to 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 drive on, and then you'll uh, you'll spoil your Ferrari. Yeah, uh, that's that's uh, one of the way to 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 say it. So, so uh, for for going to 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 uh, extensive uh, part of the world, you should go for for more all round uh, bull than the, the very top. But maybe there, and that that might be a discussion uh, f- uh, for single traits in in an extensive system. Maybe the hoof health all of a sudden has a higher value than in our Nordic systems. Or Hannah, do, what do you think about that? Yeah, of course, and uh, of course you have to maybe think a little bit different depending on the the climate and the production system and what you're uh, really aiming for in the end. And uh, then you probably need to take a closer look to the specific traits. But if you if you look uh, uh, at specific traits and then the bull has a, a good NTM, a decent NTM, then you will uh, make some progress in your herd. So over the years, many traits have uh, been added. Um, The NTM uh, was first launched in 2008 as as an NTM in across the Nordic countries, um, and has evolved and um, traits have been added. Kai, which future traits do you see that could be added to the NTM? We are wa- working very much on, on the safe feed index, and there has also been a podcast on that. Uh, I think that will have a very big impact on on the future farming uh, in uh, in the intensive part of the world uh, where uh, we are uh, a little bit fighting between uh, feeding the animals and feeding the people. If uh, we can have uh, cows that is uh, as efficient as today, but uh, with 20% less uh, feeding, then we have 20% more land for for growing uh, vegetable for, for people. So I think that would be a really strong tool in the future, um, but um, there, there might also be be other on on the the health side uh, where where we can uh, look into uh, uh, the genomics uh, because we have the big data and and can find new traits. Uh, it's only a year or two since we have the young animal survival uh, put in, and there's also other that uh, might be uh, interesting, especially where we are looking at the metabolic diseases. Hannah, which traits are you missing in the NTM? I think uh, traits related to uh, to climate will be uh, next in line to be uh, uh, to have a bigger impact and be added uh, with higher weights in the NTM. And then uh, it is uh, saved feed, as you mentioned, Kai. And uh, there are also uh, some ongoing discussions about methane emission. Uh, so uh, that's uh, what I think will be. Uh, play a bigger role uh, next. Thanks for joining the Breedcast today, where we've examined the Nordic Total Merit Index and discussed how breeding for health and performance will benefit your farm and herd. If you'd like to learn more about the NTM, 
please visit our dedicated NTM area at vikinggenetics.com. Thank you, Hannah Driscoll, and thank you, Kai Abrahamson, for sharing your valuable knowledge about the NTM and cattle breathing with us. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. If you have a topic that you'd like us to focus on in the next Breedcast episode, then reach out to us on breedcast.com or message us on our Viking Genetics Facebook page. I'm Hilke Viesma, and this is the Breedcast by Viking Genetics.